Hello everyone, welcome to Narcissism Recovery Podcast, produced by the Magnolia Healing Center. I'm your host, Yitz Epstein. In this podcast, we will be delving into topics related to narcissistic abuse, codependency, childhood wounds, childhood trauma, mental illness, and all things narcissism. The purpose of this podcast is to bring widespread awareness and healing to the global epidemic of narcissism and codependency. It is my hopes that with this podcast, we can collectively create an environment of health and healing for you, the individual, and for the world at large. Let's begin. Hello, everyone. Thank you all so much for joining me for today's episode. Today, I'm going to be discussing intermittent reinforcement as a narcissistic abuse tactic. In this episode, I'm going to be discussing, first of all, what is intermittent reinforcement, how it is used by perpetrators to exploit, I'm going to go over some signs that your partner may be using this method to control or abuse, and how to get out of this dynamic, how to get off the hamster wheel of attempting to be enough for a partner uh, to get a fulfilling relationship out of such dynamics, uh, which are in essence exploitive and unfulfilling. So I'm going to quote from a couple of very powerful articles here uh, to express what intermittent reinforcement is. First of all, this one is called Intermittent Reinforcement by Ivy Wigmore. He says that intermittent reinforcement is the delivery of a reward at irregular intervals, a method that has been determined to yield the greatest efforts from a subject. He says the subject does not receive a reward each time they perform a desired behavior or according to any regular schedule, but at seemingly random intervals. According to reinforcement theory, is an area which is an area of behavioral psychology that explores the ways that people and other animals respond to rewards delivered according to various schedules. Rewards may be delivered continuously at regular or irregular intervals. In rat studies, researchers have found that the way to keep the subjects working longest was, was to reinforce the behavior at unpredictable intervals rather than regularly. He says that intermittent reinforcement and other principles of reinforcement theory are applied in areas of technology and business, including human resource management, marketing, and machine learning. He continues that in designing mobile apps and social media, intermittent reinforcement might take the form of rewards delivered on a schedule that seem random to the user, but are designed to keep them active for longer. He says an example of this would be like likes on social media. Uh, It might be reported that when an algorithm has determined that the user is likely to leave Instagram, though its algorithm, through its algorithm, it can identify that, let's say, Facebook can detect when a teenager is likely to feel insecure and deliver a confidence boost by maybe sharing it with more people so that he, they can get more likes. And, you know, he says online gambling and internet addictions exhibit the same principle, that the individual receives just enough rewards, which might be in the form of wins or entertainment at sufficiently sustainable intervals to encourage them to continue. So if you are someone who uses social media like myself, you know, I'm attracted to the likes because the likes make me feel like there's actually feedback, but oftentimes there's this sort of algorithm and behind the scenes that is sort of manipulating things, uh, which is obviously very toxic and, and seemingly should be illegal, but ultimately uh, it's designed to keep people uh, just hooked. And you see this with uh, gambling as well. You know, you oftentimes see people who win in the beginning. If you've ever gambled, you'll find you'll go and you win a couple hundred bucks or a couple thousand bucks and all of a sudden uh, you're hooked and not realizing that slowly but surely you start to lose more and more. Uh, but by the time you realize that happened, you're kind of hooked into that pleasure principle. Another great article on this topic is The Most Powerful Motivator on the Planet, Intermittent Reinforcement by Adeline Birch. So in this article, it describes how psychopaths use intermittent reinforcement to manipulate their victims. Throughout this article, it uses psychopath, but I do believe you can just place narcissistic abuser or, or sociopath or just emotional manipulator. 
because at the end of the day, this is just about control and power, which is used by all the above mentioned types of people. So the article says that there's nothing like the bliss and elation of new love. And when you believe you have found quote unquote, the one that took it to a whole new level. It was as if the world went from black and white to color and you felt more alive than ever. It seemed that magic was at work in your life and you didn't question it. You only felt grateful for your good fortune. And then she says that one day something unexpected happens. You get the distinct and troubling feeling that the love of your life was pulling away. Your heart tightened and your stomach clenched with dread. So in the process of the psychopathic bond, she calls it, the moment when the joy at finding love turns into the fear of losing it, it is called the manipulative shift. So when this happens, the psychopath is able to then insert control. So she says the dread that we feel at that point can be soothed or, or stopped by only one person who is, of course, the one who caused the fear in the first place. So we feel an incredible sense of relief, a, a high even, when the manipulator acts like our attentive and loving partner again. So bliss returns, um, but it doesn't last long because the fear of the loss grips us once more, grips the victims once again. So if fear is something we want to avoid, how does a psychopath use it to get us hooked. And she explains by alternating it with another extremely powerful emotion, which is love. So by creating fear of losing the relationship and then relieving it with episodes of love and attention, it is a powerful and effective manipulation and manipulative tactic known as intermittent reinforcement. It's power that comes from euphoric inducing dopamine released by our brains when our fear is relieved and replaced by love, and then we're back on top of the world. So it's the sort of sweet, mean cycle that keeps victims hooked in this sort of dopamine rush, but also fear-induced relationship. So the way I see it is that the narcissistic abuser uses love bombing to get the victim to believe that the narcissistic abuser is the one for them, get them all excited, and in essence, hijack their pleasure and their pleasure principles so that they feel that this person is someone who is in love with them and that they love. Now, obviously, that is deceptive because it's not true. It's, it's total uh, fraud. Now, what narcissistic abusers will do will use intermittent reinforcement to string victims along with the hopes of getting what they originally promised them when they did love bomb them at the beginning of the relationship. So the victim is obviously unaware that this is going on. They're hooked in. They're kind of had the wool pull over their, their eyes. They're extremely uh, dependent on the uh, perpetrator, not realizing that, in fact, the whole relationship is just designed to pull on their heartstrings to get the victims to open up and give more and more with the hopes that they can get back that quote-unquote love that was promised to them and, and in essence given to them obviously was taken away but it was given to them in many ways in the beginning of the relationship this is especially prevalent when it comes to uh, needs from childhood that were unmet so when a person has unmet childhood needs you know they have childhood wounds they have attachment traumas what oftentimes they'll be doing is be trying to get those needs met through intimate partners and in essence what they do is many times it's unconscious but they will attract people who seem to be able to give them that unconditional love that attention that validation that they did not get early on now, when a person has those unmet needs, which I continuously talk about through my podcast, it creates this yearning and this deep desire to get them. And that kind of clouds our judgment and causes us to override red flags and really put ourselves in, in many instances, dangerous situations. So because the perpetrator cannot meet unmet childhood needs, what the perpetrator will be doing in essence is stringing the victim along, exploiting these unmet needs, kind of dangling them in like a carrot on a stick so that the victim keeps serving and keeps giving in the unconscious hopes that one day they can get those needs met. 
Now, again, because the victim has no idea that this dynamics is going on, they believe that they themselves must have done something wrong, and so they look inward and say, well, what could I do to get that love back? I must have upset my partner. I must have done something, and therefore let me become a better you know, partner, a better person, a better lover, whatever it is. And in essence, what they're doing is they're becoming a better form of narcissistic supply because now they're hooked where they're chasing this love or the unmet childhood need, not realizing that this person, this perpetrator, cannot actually meet their unmet childhood needs, but in essence, it feels like they can, and they'll keep chasing, they'll keep serving, they'll keep trying to be enough. Now, as a result of this, they will strive to be enough, mistakenly thinking that if they do, they can one day get what is being withheld, what seemingly is being withheld by the perpetrator. Now, this includes any unmet childhood need, let's say unconditional love, attention, validation, acceptance, safety. You know, these are some of the main ones that if we have unmet childhood needs, what we oftentimes do is, is we attract a narcissistic abuser who seems to be able to give that to us, and ultimately they get exploited, they string it over our heads, and they maybe give it to us in crumbs of love, so we feel like we'll eventually get it, and that's what keeps us hooked. So in, in this instance, the narcissistic abuser, the narcissistic perpetrator is using intermittent reinforcement by giving these crumbs of love every so often so that the victims believe that they can actually get it. And usually this will be given when the perpetrator or when the victim identifies that this, they're not going to get it or they pull away. So then the narcissistic abuser will then use that intermittent reinforcement to pull them back in. And this chase where the victim is chasing and, and really trying to get something, trying to earn it, you know, trying to uh, be enough, trying to people please, you know, this chase serves as a sort of a power trip and it feeds the addiction to power and control of the narcissistic perpetrator who is really deriving pleasure by watching the victim work for the things which they are in essence withholding. Now, because these basic childhood needs are stemming from childhood and they're so fundamental to our sense of self, to what we need as basic human beings, you know, connection, unconditional love, to be seen, to be heard, to be understood, that in adulthood, we will often do is we'll just, like I said, we'll ignore red flags, we'll accept intolerable mistreatment from other people who seemingly can deliver these needs in exchange for oftentimes crumbs or just the simple hopes that our unmet childhood needs will be met. And you know, in many instances, the narcissistic abuser is using this very hope that the victim has against the victims, against them, and also ultimately it's sort of a bait where they bait them with the crumbs of love, you know, and attention, let's say, and, and, and victims hold on to that hope that one day, if they are enough, they can get the those carrot on a stick. And, and ultimately, the, the perpetrator is really just raising the bar continuously, because let's say they do get there, let's say they one day uh, earn the love and, and, and praise and attention validation, then the next instance, the perpetrator will just go ahead and take it away. And this, this sadly becomes a nail in the metaphorical coffin, you know, as victims, really, what they're doing is they're replaying early childhood attachments where they were hoping, let's say a parent would come along and give them the love, the unconditional acceptance and validation that they didn't get. Uh, and this becomes a replay. This becomes a repetition compulsion. And sadly, it, it ends in the same tragic way. So now I'm going to discuss some of the signs that you are being intermittently reinforced, that you are in a relationship where you're having your needs strung over your head, where you're constantly striving, and in fact, may never get there because the narcissistic abuser will never be pleased. So let's talk about some of the signs that that might be the case. If this is seen in your relationship, you definitely want to take a look and see if you are in fact struggling with codependency, and if you are in a relationship with someone who has no intentions of actually meeting your needs. Some of those signs may include regulating your happiness or your disappointment based on your partner's, partner's mood, uh, finding yourself fantasizing, wishing, or hoping for your partner's approval for their happiness, uh, incessant people-pleasing of your partner, uh, defining value from being of service to your partner, maybe avoiding yourself, avoiding personal interest, and replacing those with those of your partner, uh, loss of self to the abuser, or maybe your sense of self is defined by your partner. 
uh, let's say you take on your partner's dream. Uh, you're stuck in a cycle of a confusing cycle where your partner is constantly rageful, but also at times very compassionate and calm. Uh, relationship ambiguity, a lack of clarity on where you stand. Let's say there's a little to no communication, constantly striving to please your partner, uh, but your partner never never getting there, never pleasing your partner, him never him or her never being happy, never being content, uh, holding onto the hopes of being enough for your partner, sticking into a, in a relationship, sticking around in a relationship, believing that one day you will be enough for them or it'll be wonderful like it was in the beginning when it was love bombing. Uh, let's say terrified of your partner's disapproval, uh, extreme mental and emotional exhaustion. Let's say you're getting crumbs of love. You're just not fulfilled in the relationship. You're not getting your needs met. Uh, when you bring up your partner's behavior, you get blame shifted or gaslit. And finally, you're just terrified of your partner's rage. And as a result, you just do whatever it is to keep them happy and keep them calm. So what do you do if you are in a relationship with a narcissist who's keeping you strung along? You're in this hamster wheel where it's never enough. The, even when it, at times it is enough, there's always the bar being raised and you just never get there and you're just constantly exhausted. What do you do if you're in such dynamics? Now, my first tip on that is to go inward and really study yourself. Study what it is, what happened in childhood, are there unmet childhood needs? Let's say you're wounded, uh, let's say you had a traumatic childhood and there was just lack of safety. You know, what are you trying to get from your partner? And oftentimes you're trying to meet that unmet childhood needs. Do what you can to meet your own needs by yourself or at least your childhood needs. You know, when it comes to childhood needs, partners can't do that. They cannot meet those needs. And therefore, when we unconsciously, when we have these wounds, we are going to lean on people who are going to use those needs against us. So do what you can to not outsource that. Go inward and identify if there are any unmet childhood needs. Meet them by yourself. Uh, you know, develop an independent sense of self. Get to know who you are. Develop self-awareness. Really study yourself. Uh, come to accept who you are and love yourself. And don't give the job of being the parent or the healer of your inner child to anybody else. Uh, you should be able to protect her. You should want to protect her or him so that you are able to assure that nobody has access to those needs um, because ultimately they're very sensitive and very specific to your inner child. Uh, it's important to discern between a childhood unmet need and adult intimacy needs. Now, they may seem very similar or the same, but in fact, they are different. It's important to identify if others can meet our intimacy needs. Let's say you're in a relationship and that person may not be able to meet your intimacy needs or any needs at all. So it's important to identify if the person you're in a relationship with is in fact someone who can in fact do that. Uh, it's important to let go of people pleasing and codependency, codependent tendencies, you know, let go of the belief that we need others to survive or that we need others to exist. You know, if we don't have anybody else, we'll be alone and therefore we won't be able to take care of ourselves. You know, it's important to knock that belief out. That is not true. You can survive on your own. And oftentimes it's the very belief that we can't, which usually stems from childhood, which is causing us to not be able to do so. Set healthy expectations for yourself. It's important to identify what are your what are your abilities and, and set the bar for yourself when other people are doing that for you they can raise it they can lower it and exploit that it's important to kind of take that parental role to yourself to identify if the expectations of yourself and your accomplishments your abilities you definitely don't want to outsource that to someone who can use that against you and finally be the parent to your inner child so often if we had parents in childhood who did not meet our needs, then we are looking for parents. You could be that very person. You could be that healer. You could be that parent to yourself. And that's really so much of what I help my clients do is identify how they are in fact outsourcing that and giving that to other people and expecting other people to come along and heal and connect to their inner child where that is setting ourselves up for exploitation. It's setting ourselves up for other people to come along and uh, re intermittently reinforce our pleasure and our pain and our expectations. They will continuously raise the bar, manipulate it in ways that cause us incalculable damage. So it's important to not outsource that, take control 
control, take ownership of that ability to raise yourself and, and be there for your inner child so that you do not find yourself in relationships where that's exploited. I will say this is one of the most insidious forms of psychological, emotional, relational abuse. Intermittent reinforcement is devastating. So if you are in this dynamics, you might even be just addicted to your abuser, which creates extreme confusion because then when you try to leave, you still crave the person who's hurting you. Or when you're in a relationship, you oftentimes blame yourself for wanting the very person who's exploiting you and causing you so much pain. So it's important to understand how this dynamics got set up. It is not your fault. Most usually there was love bombing that pulled you in and kind of played on your, your highs, your pleasures and your excitement and your joys and the things that you love about life. And therefore it exploited that. So it's important to see how you got pulled into that dynamic. And ultimately there are many different things you can do to take yourself out of it and really develop a relationship with yourself where you are meeting your own needs and you're becoming independent so that you can actually go out there as a person who is whole and connect with other people who have an independent whole sense of self as opposed to being wounded and needing other people to be the parent to our inner child and really hold space for us and really give us a childhood when in fact nobody can we have to do that for ourselves so please reach out if you are struggling in this way it'd be an honor to assist you in healing my email is yitz at magnoliahealingcenter.com my phone 818-210-6049 thank you all so much for joining me for today's episode until next time